Welcome to the Afterglow podcast, where we look past the gameplay and the glory. And dive into the story. Oh, all right. I didn't know Troy Baker was up in this chat. That's fine. That's <laughs> that's all right, I guess. With us wide open. Welcome to the we get DMC <laughs> with arms right <laughs> God bless you, Creed, wherever you are today. Uh, yeah, seriously. This is the content people come to listen to us for. This is the recording of the Afterglow episode that we recorded live on October 28th with our special guests, Catherine Rose, Katie. And Chadwick of Chadwick Live. So I once again want to thank our guests for appearing on this episode with us. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was a blast speaking to them for the first time. I think you mentioned that you know them in real life, right? Like, you yeah, hung out with them. <laughs> OK, yes. Big time. And uh, we'll, we actually get into that a little bit in this episode. We have a awesome time talking about lots of different things. From perfect games, perfect games, shitty games, favorite authors and books, favorite authors and books, instances of terrible things that have happened to us in the gaming space, Mm, including being betrayed by a best friend in the middle of trying to achieve a commendation. Not that I'm still bitter about it at all. You never got that that achievement, did you? No, I never got it. Yeah, I I could see. I'd be torn about. I'd I'd hate that person too. To be fair to Katie. I wouldn't have gotten it even if she had not yoinked that that kill. Realistically speaking, you, you I wouldn't know that. It. it only impacted one potential assassination. I still had hundreds more to get, theoretically. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Anyway, I feel like yeah, we've digressed on this <laughs> subject. <laughs> True. Yeah, it was it was such a fun conversation. I know we didn't really highlight the theme or the topic, which is toxicity in the gaming community and the gaming culture. But we did hammer down important questions and things I think our listeners would like to chime in on. That was fun. We- Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We're very, very happy to get to share it with you guys. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy. Indeed.com. Get out. Hello, everyone. Hello, Erica, Mango, Mauricio, uh, Erica, and Ricky's, Ricky. Ricky's somewhere there. All right. Everyone's here. Some of our wild friends are probably there, too. So, yeah, we are doing it live, and we have a special <laughs> bonus to make it all that much better. Uh-huh, it uh-huh. is a hot tub stream. Look at Ooh. us. Look at, how, look at how beautiful we look in this hot tub. Okay, well, I think that now that we have sorted out that disaster, we should probably... Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, bonus, bonus, everyone. It's a hot tub stream. I'm going to be super smug about it. Other than that, I guess I'll just go with the usual intros. My name is Claire. I am a professor at St. Mary's College of California. I teach a little class Woo. called There's Always a Lighthouse, the case for literary merit in video games. In the class, we discuss uh, the definition of literature and what aspects of... 
uh, storytelling and narrative structure define literature, and if video games can be considered literature. It's a very subjective concept, but more often than not, the answer is yes. We talk about a lot of different games. Valheim is not one of them. Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of them. Uh, it's a really fun class. I really enjoy it. And that's a little bit about me. And uh, I'm the TA. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! He, um, he's also great. He just... Um, I grade papers. He grades papers. He yells at people in the process. He's a very grumpy, um, passive-aggressive TA. But we love him all the same. And like this hot tub... We're going to be discussing a very hot topic. Ugh. <laughs> nice, oh, nice. Approved, approved. That nice, good. nice, fine. I was, I, okay, I'll try, try adding to that. So like that hot topic, we have two very hot guests hey. joining us today. First, uh, we have, well, we have Chadwick. Chadwick oh, of uh, Chadwick Live of House Facebook Gaming, <laughs> first of his name, Slayer of Noobs, father of Uwu. Chad, if you will, <laughs> introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, my name is Chadwick. I stream on Facebook. I'm primarily a Warzone streamer, but more of an entertainer. Uh, nobody's really there for epic gameplay. Slightly above average. Uh, but really just there to kind of have fun and uh, build a community and uh, excited to be here and talk about what I think is a very interesting topic in the gaming industry right now. Quick question about your Warzone statistics. What's your 360 no scopes like? Just curious. Asking uh, for a like, yeah, yeah, on a scale of like one to 10, like one being the worst, 10 being like the juiciest, beefiest, like... Uh. 360 no scope probably like a seven. Oh on, wow on a, wow on, okay. on a good day yeah, i yeah. was really <laughs> waiting for you to to be super self-deprecating with that so yeah um, i don't know why no, i mean i don't mess around with my uh, 360 no scopes you know they're uh that you know <clears throat> when you do uh, i mean i don't know if i've seen you do a 360 no scope since i've started watching the stream <clears throat> well it's interesting that you bring that up you know it's mostly just <laughs> something that's done like off stream oh, really so uh -huh. yeah <clears throat> okay. all right really that's that's fair. I mean, <clears throat> and that also brings us to my dearest friend, Katie, of House Anxiety, the first of her name, picker of flowers in Assassin's Creed games, champion of the White Stag, mother of unicorns. Ooh. Katie, if you will. Hi. Hi. I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous there than an old Tobin. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy to be here. I'm, I'm just a casual gamer, so I don't. I don't know how to use this fancy schmancy stuff, so I'm not sitting in the hot tub because I don't know how to get there. Yeah, but we've decided to compensate that Katie is herself the hot tub, and then and I think I, we're set. I believe the name of the hot tub is now Dead Chadwick. Yeah, Dead Chadwick. Yeah, Dead well, Chadwick. Yeah. Katie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm just Dead Chadwick. <laughs> so yes, we're all sitting in Katie, the artist formerly known as Dead Chadwick. So a uh, little background that I want to give. Uh, first of all, again, thank you both so much for being here. This was an idea that I had wanted to do for some time. I'm very grateful to our dear TA for acquiescing to my request here. Just for a little background on how I know both of these folks. Mr. Chadwick and I actually went to elementary and middle school together. Um, yeah, Ew. he moved around like seventh grade or something like that. But we knew each other in the early years. 
before he was a mammoth. How tall are you now? Like six six. Six six. Yeah. Six six. Yeah. Um. Back when he was like the size of a normal person, uh, he was in the he was like with all the popular kids, and I was not very popular, but like he was really nice to me, and I always thought, oh wow, that's really cool that he's nice to me, even though I'm a total dweeb and a nerd. So. Yeah, Chuck. I don't friend. remember being popular. That's cool. You no, you were bro, bro. You hung out with all of the popular kids, and I was just like, oh, intimidation because like, oh, those are all the popular girls, and they're all just like, oh, like we're oh, popular. Uh, and but he was just like, yeah, oh, you're cool. You draw lines and stuff, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's super cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're nice. And then like, friendship. I guess that's that's how friendship works. And then Katie is a friend of mine from grad school, a poet. <laughs> And a fellow Halo enthusiast, we started playing Halo together like almost 10 years ago now. We were both super toxic. I mean, we're still kind of toxic when we play, but maybe not as toxic as we were like, you know, in our mid-20s. She has a positive KD though in Halo. I do not, at least not anymore. But yeah, I know Katie from many years of writing together and years of not just Halo playing, but other sorts of games and just talking about the stuff that we were playing. So we have an extensive history in, in the gaming space. And now she runs a uh, lit mag with another former colleague. So we have lots of fun together. I think from here, if you guys are cool with that, I'm just going to break us into just some icebreaker questions. And Chad, we'll start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about when you started gaming, how long you have been in the gaming space? Hold on, I'm just Googling Lit Mag real quick, trying to figure out what the <laughs> F you guys are talking about. <laughs> Katie, why don't you just explain it? It's short for literary. Oh. <laughs> literary magazine. Oh. Oh. Somebody who's literate magazine. probably know that. <clears throat> copy, copy. Got that, got that. Wait, what was the what was the other question? <laughs> how long have you been gaming? Like, how long have you been uh, in this space? Oh. I mean, like, uh, games have been... Some of my earliest memories are playing... The original Nintendo with my dad mm-hmm. and my dad was always a bit of a nerd and used to always go to arcades and stuff for sure bought the original Nintendo for himself <laughs> under the guise of his two or three year old child you know wanting to play it <laughs> yeah his video games have just have been like one of the very few constants in my life that's so the the OG like the the NES we're not we're talking oh, the yeah, original, yeah. not the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo no no the OG NES I still have it too Oh, really? You still have the original one? That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Those are hard to come by. Much I threw mine away when it broke when I was a kid. <laughs> Somehow that still works. I don't I don't That's fully amazing. understand it. Actually, I think... I know one other person, I think, that still has theirs typically intact. Either way, that's an impressive feat, especially because that thing is 30-plus years old now. Katie, I'll pose the same question to you. How long have you been gaming, and what are your preferences of online versus offline? So I've, yeah, I've been gaming since I was a kid. You know, my brother is 11 years older than me. So he always had the original Nintendo and Duck Hunt and stuff. And I would always annoy him. As of recently, I prefer offline gaming, which I think we can get into later. Yeah. But, you know, like my, um, my job is pretty stressful now. So when I, I don't want to, you know, unwind by getting on with a bunch of 12 year olds that are just going to call me names. (laughs) (laughs) no no bully katie no bully yeah no bullying no bullying what was your what was your first console the first one that i owned yeah it was a 64 oh okay so you had the 64 yeah donkey kong forever star fox star Star fox Fox. 64 yeah no barrel roll (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what's weird though and i feel like this was the most underrated i know this is not the stream for this but the most underrated <laughs> star fox game was dinosaur planet i loved that shit i ate that shit up it was such a great game and now as i'm older i realize it's kind of creepy because it's like kind of furry-esque so uh, i'm um, googling that right now hold on <laughs> you you don't remember that, that? reminded me of turok the bounty hunter oh god I don't think oh. there was any furries in there. Old school. No, that, that, I don't think there were furries in there either. But it was, yeah, uh, Dinosaur Planet was on the GameCube. Ah, uh, yes. And that one was dope. Actually, I think that was the first open world game I played. But yeah, similarly, or my first console was a Super Nintendo. And it was relatively later in life because my dad was very anti-video games. Very like, video games are going to make you, it's going to, like, Violent. it's the devil. And it's going to, like, yeah, rot your brain. Stuff. Yeah, religion. It, it was more like it's going to rot your brain and you're not going to get to be a nun like I want you to be. That's honestly what he wanted. That turned out well. Side note, I think a, a nun streamer video gamer would probably blow up. Oh, can you? Like, let's, let's like, like stop and think a moment. We're going like to the nun, Vatican. Yeah. A nun playing video games and streaming is immediately going to go viral. Well, yeah, that's true. And there's also, there's that, that grandma streamer. That tactical went, grandma. Tactical grandma. Thank you. Yeah, she's she, a member of Pipeline. Is she really? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, God. I mean, she's hella dope. She's hella good, yeah. too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would go viral if I was, like, a... If I was a nun. But in any case... But if I can put the suit on. <laughs> I can put on the habit. Yeah. I don't know. You're asking a lot because, I mean, it's like, what? eat, sleep, pray, occasionally stream. Game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could you could be a nun of the church of video games. That's true. I mean, you, you know, start your own religion, Claire. Right. I mean, I am a I am a minister in the Universal Life Church, so I could just exactly. like I could same just, difference. Yeah, totally same thing. I'm I'm officially a reverend. We can just say instead I'm a reverend. I'm a nun. It works. All right, congratulations to me. I'm a nun now. Next question, and we'll start this time with you, Katie. What is your all time favorite game? All time favorite would be like halo or the elder scrolls games Ooh. because you can pick a lot of flowers in elder scrolls <laughs> like so many flowers that's true it could, hours and hours of flowers i do feel like if we're going to talk about a really good game that i can't stop thinking about is spirit fair spirit fair i don't know if i've yeah. heard of that one. Oh, you have to play it it teaches children about death it's very sad but oh, oh <laughs> shit that's deep I cried. <laughs> yeah i cried. I cried so hard that Kyle came out and he thought that somebody in my family had died. You're going to need to send me that like post haste because I'm looking for. I, s I have sent this to you before. No, you so I'm very... no, Yes, I have. I told you. I have. No, you have it. <laughs> we can argue right. about this the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can spend the next 40 minutes arguing about this if you want. What about you, Chad? That's a hard question. I mean, I would say that the game that I have like the the fondest memories of would probably be a game called Ultima Online. Oh, wow. Which was one of the first MMORPGs and was like yeah. really the, I mean, it really was the first MMORPG and it was like the first game that I was really addicted to and that I felt that a sense of escape with. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I would always want to be playing. And it was the kind of game where like after everybody went to bed and I had to like go to bed as well, like I would get my computer out and like play while I was supposed to be asleep for hours. And it was just that I think that was the first game where it was a lot of my gaming experience always kind of gets compared back to that. Mm. Yeah. I played a lot of EverQuest. Too. Yeah, I remember EverQuest as well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Old yeah. school MMOs before World of Warcraft. And Everyone... World of Warcraft would probably be up there as well. Mm. Let's go. 
Well, it seems that the core, the core of why a lot of us started playing games was was seeking some sort of escape, and not mm-hmm. necessarily that there was some sort of tragedy behind it, or that you know we had shitty childhoods or whatever. But it, <laughs> whatever I'm going through right now, it's like I can go and be or do something else. That's kind of awesome, and I think that for a lot of people, MMOs was MMOs were how they got that start. Shameless plug, we talk about escapism. Oh, yeah, we do. That's true. Our most recent episode. That's true. We talk a lot Check about Check us escapism. out on Spotify. Yeah, you should find us on Spotify if you haven't already or wherever you like to get your podcast from. Uh, I would say <laughs> for me, probably my Elder Scrolls along with Katie, like a lot of love for that, just for like the escaping that you get to do in that game. But if I had to pick just one game, it mm. it, it has to be The Last of Us. It has to be. And I know I've talked about this mm. with you, uh, Josh. But That's interesting. Wow. The storytelling in that game, I, I mean, it's very uh, it's very movie-esque. It, it runs as a standard story. It's a very traditional narrative structure. But I remember getting to the end of the game, and, you know, the, the premise of it is a very violent post-apocalyptic world. Harry Dad leads adoptive daughter across a post-apocalyptic landscape. Pr- sounds pretty textbook. But the ending oh, is so discomforting in a very quiet way like it doesn't end with like a bang it's it's very it's very tense it's very uncomfortable and i remember going to bed that night and i spent like the whole week playing and i went to bed that night and this was like seven or eight years ago i got and i was mm-hmm. laying there in bed in the dark and i just remember saying to myself there is no way that I can just say to myself, this is a great, that was a great game and just move on with my life. Like I couldn't treat it the way that I treat other movies or books or whatever, where you just say something is good and you go on to the next one. It's like, we're not talking enough about the way that we can be moved by this medium in the way that we're moved by other mediums, like books and movies and music. And it, and it's not right. And it was part of the reason that I developed the class that I teach. The, the class doesn't exist without The Last of Us. So, I mean, it, I feel like it's it's obligatory to say that The Last of Us is my game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so good. One of my, probably up there in my top ten. And it's so good that they're making a show out of it. Or is it a show on yeah, HBO? Yeah, HBO. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be on HBO. What about you, Josh? Oh, I mean, you already know. It's, I do. it's Final Fantasy Seven. I, I just love all the Final Fantasies, but that one really stuck out to me as a kid, a teenager. You're just a spiky-haired yellow dude, yellow-haired dude, and with a giant sword, and there's just mystery, there's romance, there's betrayal, there's everything. It's everything you want in a movie or a book, but you get to be the main protagonist. That game changed my life, too. Really? Like, <laughs> number seven? It's Yeah, it's a very good game. Like, right? I Thank want you. it again. <laughs> Well, I mean, they did remaster, well, not remaster, they remade the entire game. So I've been playing through that and it's really good. So I'm trying to think if it was Final Fantasy 7 or 9 that I have a traumatic mem- memory of probably where nine. I was playing it. It's probably 9. And, and I didn't have, no, no, it wasn't 9, it was 7. Oh, what? Uh, where, no, well, it's just a traumatic memory because like I was playing it on my PlayStation or whatever yeah. and I didn't have a memory card, card to save it. And then I was like, okay, so I just like left the PlayStation for like two or three days and I kept going back to play it and then I died and like something happened or like the game shut off and it was just like, I can't, I can't go, I can't redo all that. Like it's, it's over now. Like I just never am going to play this game ever again. So. Oh my God. That really is a traumatic. That is, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that just made me sad. I also want to just break really quick to say I've been quietly reading chat while we're talking. And the prevailing comments that I'm seeing right now are, are commenting on Chad's voice and how sexy it is. 
people can't stop talking about it. Actually, overall, we're all getting commented on our voices right now because yeah, I guess we have very like... sexy ASMR voices. But Chad, especially, you're getting a lot of praise. Well, I've worked very hard to develop this voice, and uh, it's not just something that happens automatically when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Chad, I thought you were going to refer to a traumatic experience from like a moment in the game, but what you just described was ten times yeah, even more. That actually like, made legit, me uncomfortable. Like, yeah, it was like a defining moment in my life of just not <laughs> taking risks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The next one, this one might be more fun. The worst game ever. Uh, and before you either of you answer that, tell me why it's No Man's Sky. Hmm. Well, you just stole my answer. Katie, you go ahead. I'm so upset that you just stole my answer. <laughs> I Wait, what? Were you really going to say that? Yes, I bought a oh PlayStation 4 God. for that game. I hate that game so much. <laughs> oh, I got to talk to you afterwards, girl. <laughs> yeah. It's right. horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I bought No Man's Sky when it first came out as well, and definitely it, it immediately left something to be desired. I think that there's it's had a pretty good redemption story, and it seems like the developers have tried their best to make good on what they said that they were going to do. I have heard that, yeah. Which, which goes... Too, which, little, too little too late, Chad. Yeah, no, for, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people who like are just like, we're, we're done right off the rip. I, I will say that it says something about them that like they didn't just roll over. Like I think most companies or businesses in general would with that kind of catastrophic failure, which really goes to show that was a bunch of people who did mean well mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and just kind of like got ahead of them and like got out of hand and they like didn't right. know how to, to stop it. Right. Yeah. Hats off to them for trying to deliver, even though they overpromised by a crap ton right they basically tried to sell us a game that wasn't even as 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 you bought it you're like what what is this i can't even play with my friends fair point so yeah it i'm just kind of shocked that <laughs> that was gonna be that was my joke and then, and then it's, I mean, <laughs> I but, kept, yeah i feel true. like it, that's I'm that had to be true for at least one person in here like it had to be true i was so poor at the time and i bought a playstation 4 on credit oh. just so i could play that game <laughs> oh Ugh, yeah. <laughs> and what did we what did we learn from that experience, Katie? Don't play PlayStation. Oh, that's <gasps> whoa, 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 that's wait, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We're we're gonna need to yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we oh we're gonna we're, have to we're gonna go later. to therapy <laughs> together. We're gonna yeah. get through this. We are gonna we're get through this. Get and through. Chad's gonna be the therapist because he has the voice for it. Okay. Um, moving on <laughs> to the next one. Cool. This one might be interesting. I I don't know how Chad is gonna answer this. What is your favorite author or book? Hmm. Um. So there was an author named David Jamel mm -hmm. or Gemmel. I don't know how he actually say his last name. And he wrote a bunch of books or a series of books called Dress the Legend, which is like a fantasy mm. kind of like medieval magic thing. And it was just like something that uh, for whatever reason, I like I just really enjoyed mm. uh, reading. Normally, I like reading like political spy novel, you know, suspense kind of stuff. But if I think like, OK, what some of my favorite books to read were those you know, dress the legend books 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever read any of those. No, he's like really obscure. Yeah, it sounds like obscure. More obscure than Tolkien? Yeah. What about you, Katie? <laughs> I mean, you know it has to be Still Life with, with Woodpecker by Tom Robbins. Yes, I do know that. I That's how my husband proposed to me. So it's like the cutest thing. He like mailed Tom Robbins the book and then... Tom Robbins mailed it back so fast that my husband got it like three days later. 
Oh, wow. Wrote like a personalized, like little said, why not? Like in the words of Molly Brown, why not say yes, 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 yes. And it's like a quote and from Joyce. It was very cute. <laughs> that's kind of fucking adorable. Love it. That's kind Love of adorable. It. I have to say, that's really, that's really cute. For me, I'm going to say Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Mm. Love that book. It's like a thousand pages of bliss. I've never had a book that was that long where I was just so happy that it was taking me forever to read. Like, ever. I've never been mm. enjoyed something that much. The, the premise of it is just 40 or 50 years in the process of building a medieval cathedral. It's dope. I love that. I whoa. love, love, love it. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know why I went, whoa. We've mm. talked about your favorite book <laughs> like, for multiple years. Yeah, multiple times. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but yeah. Can I just add a, I have to correct it. I said Molly Brown, and I meant Molly Bloom. Yeah, because I was to say Molly Brown. Wasn't that the lady <laughs> on the Titanic? You shine up like a new penny. <laughs> yes i'm sorry like we were having a moment oh so i didn't really want to like bring that up like it ruined the moment but like i was absolutely thinking like that's, she survived that's kathy bates like in Titanic. Kathy bates. I'm, I'm embarrassed <laughs> like I mean, molly brown yeah the unsinkable molly brown unsinkable yeah, yeah unsinkable molly brown me it's a really really short book i read it i think it in sophomore year of high school it's called siddhartha by herman hess mm. um, and for me that book why it's my all-time favorite it just really opened my eyes because i was really devout in catholicism being you know good catholic yeah, and that was yeah. the first book that i read outside of my own religion and it just kind of showed me like hey there's all these other things that you know things are you know ways of life that people follow right Siddhartha is about buddhism which isn't really like not really a god right it's just more of a well, anyway, I'm butchering. Either either way, I'm not a I'm not a world religions major, but it just you know really opened my eyes and made me think that there's so many different types of ideologies in the world, and right. and they're just as good. There's still some bad, you know, history and like and probably any religion, but sure. that one was really eye opening for me. Yeah, I don't know if I ever read that one. Um, really short. You should you should just yeah, you could literally read it, read it in an hour. I'm something. pretty sure I have it on my bookshelf and I've just never read it, but now I'm going to have to look it up. With all with your permission, Josh, I'm going to go ahead and pivot us cuz I think we should actually pivot. start talking about pivot. the content. Pivot. 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 And so let's just dive into it. And I think the the best way is to talk about what and Katie, let's start with you. What is the worst experience that you had in like a competitive gaming space? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to pick as if a female that's, gamer. Yeah, that's what I figured. If you could think of just one off the top of your head, I mean, just the countless like messages you get from people that are like hyper aggressive. Like if you beat them, then they're mm -hmm. mad. If you you lose to them, then they still send you like nasty grams. Oh yeah, like, oh, and. Yeah. Especially earlier on. I don't think it happens as much anymore, but it definitely earlier on was just constant when I first started playing online. It was just nasty people. Yeah. What about you, Chad? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to... There's definitely... You know, I kind of struggle to find one, but like I also recognize that my experience even dealing with toxicity is different. I can't imagine the set of circumstances that would lead somebody to like go out of their way to like send a message to somebody yeah about whatever oh, yeah. in a game and like again it's just like there's i i've just had a different 
a different experience. So it's hard. It's hard for me to answer. I would say like my least favorite part of gaming or my when I'm having the least amount of fun is usually because of like some design flaw in a game or something that to me mm -hmm. seems so idiotically simple to not be broken mm -hmm. that it's frustrating to have it be broken. I, I don't really, I don't know, a lot of experience dealing with toxic buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it's interesting that I think for me, I, I can think of like a hundred different you know, instances, but I actually had one semi-recently when I was playing the, mm. the Halo Tech preview. I went into Slayer, and of course, like anybody who's doing a beta tends to be sweaty as all sweat, and I got my ass handed to me, naturally. And someone actually went out of their way to message me on Xbox and told me to kill myself, like straight up just no hesitation and it just said that was awful you should just kill yourself and i was like wow and what what annoyed me so much about it was that i actually just stopped playing and went and did something else and the more that i thought about it later i was like i i straight up just let this person win by closing down the game because that's that's always the objective it's like they're just they're just trying to make you feel bad enough that you're not going to pick up the controller again and ultimately where does that mm. lead you well, and that's yeah. a common one. I yeah. mean, that's it's horrible. Yeah, to but say that to somebody. Yeah, I think I, I think it it hurt this. And yes, it is common. I think it hurt me more though, just because of everything that happened with me recently and my health and hearing that. Just I guess it just stung a little bit deeper. It's like you you work so hard for something, and then someone who doesn't know you at all and knows nothing about your experience thinks mm -hmm. that that it's okay to make a comment like that. I don't know. It 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 just really bothered me. I'll, yeah. I'll shift it to you, Josh. You haven't uh, got to speak in on this yet. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that my heart goes out to all the female gamers in the community as well, because you see this trend now where a lot of female gamers don't even want to use like online voice comms. Because mm -hmm. the moment that some sweat lord hears your voice and it's could be slightly feminine or something like that, then they'll just start talking shit. You yeah. know, it just doesn't make any sense. It's uncalled for. A game could have not not be even started or something like that so anyway just you know my heart goes out to that and i hope people stop being douchebags but um as for me like i think my first toxic <laughs> toxic moment i think it's it's probably similar for everybody else as well is modern warfare 2 call of duty that's when everybody was just going crazy on yeah, modern warfare those lobbies were crazy man yeah and you would just hear anyone say the most Vile. ridiculous yeah, yeah. exactly disgusting things and it's it's weird because a lot of people didn't even just like oh i'm gonna sign off or anything or whatever they would just clap back with something just even more something more egregious right and it was weird and i think that's kind of for me like how i think a lot of it really started it's just the online competitive gaming right yeah well, so. to, oh to and, and dota and league of legends i i, I oh man oh. i don't know why i played those games i didn't really it persists <laughs> it, it, it it exists even in those games oh when, uh dota? yeah it, really? League of Legends is has like one of the most toxic uh, yeah. player bases like in the universe. No kidding. Yeah. I actually Great I game. mean I've never played so <laughs> terrible I, community. Jeez. <laughs> I mean and that's not the, that's not the track record you want to have for developers. I'm sure it's not the track record they want for their game. Oh, we have these toxic lobbies because 12-year-olds just don't know how to grow the hell up. Ooh. But I think that that actually leads really well into the next point and anybody can answer this. Why do you think that this kind of toxic behavior persists despite as we steadily evolve it's it's so clear that this behavior is inappropriate it's wrong it sucks it's terrible why 
why does it persist? Why do people keep doing it? Uh, I mean, I think it has a lot to do. It's the same thing with cyberbullying or road rage or any time you remove the human element, right? It's impossible for your brain to recognize that there's a person on the other side of those things that you're saying, having a human experience. Mm -hmm. Because that it's so easy to have that removed, any anger, any angst, any frustration that you feel just like immediately gets blown off. So many people use that as a, a an outlet for stress and a, a way to try kind of like decompress. And so like any additional frustration that comes in, they just immediately vent it out. Mm -hmm. Well, and you get like a little microcosm of society. Right. So if we're not fixing the problem outside of gaming then it's going to be amplified because of that mm. because nobody's face to face so then mm. you sort of you get stuck like i mean the past few years in america haven't been great <laughs> for you know getting rid of that so it's there's a lot of divisiveness outside of gaming and i think that it's it's probably permeating into online gaming it's i'm actually feeling kind of sad i'm as i'm reading through chat and seeing some people like talking about their experiences having been told things about rape or anything else that makes them feel like they need to go on mute. It's fucking terrible. It's just, oh, it's so disgusting. Josh, I think you had an interesting point that I, I want you to make just mm. regarding like the idea of losing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I was talking to you about this yesterday and this kind of piggybacks off of what Chad just said. In reality, no one likes losing. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think any of us in this, in this chat loves to lose, you know? Mm. It, think, I've I've watched <laughs> Chad lose and I've watched Katie lose and I can definitely uh, uh, tell you uh, with certainty uh, uh, they don't like losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and, and I think in that in itself, losing in anything that's competitive, modern warfare, Warzone, League of Legends, whatever, it doesn't even matter if it's online or offline. It just really brings out the worst in people. And on the other side of things, not just losing, but winning has that very similar effect. Mm -hmm. Take your example that you just mentioned earlier, right? How someone told you to KMS, mm -hmm. even though they beat you in the game. Mm -hmm. So it's just really weird to see the the adverse on on the winning side, yeah. right? Well, like um, it, it's so easy to it when you lose. The last thing you're gonna do is say that was my fault. The right. easiest thing to do is blame your teammates. Yep. Blame blame the other player. Blame the game. Nobody's showing up to video games to shoulder more personal responsibility. So like. It's so easy to have that knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, my team sucked, or like, oh, that guy's cheating, which I think yeah. is really a big part of why it's getting even more toxic now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of weird seeing that also in non-gaming things, like in the NFL, they changed the rules about taunting. Mm -hmm. or I, I don't know if anybody else falls in the NFL mm -hmm. here, but if you taunt another player, say like you tackled them, they got a loss of 10 yards. If you taunt that player you just tackled, then you'll get a penalty. And then a lot of people, a lot of NFL fans are really divided on this because they think, oh, wow, the league's gone soft. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's what we love to see in, in competitive sports. Oh, you just tackled some guy and he, he like messed him up. Yeah, we want to see him talk shit back to him, you know, or just talk shit. Right. And, and it's weird that that's generally accepted. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, a weird concept, right? Like right. both winning or doing something good and you, you just do something stupid. You know, um, it, uh, kind of on that same token and something that just came to mind, I, I remember talking to my therapist about this uh, two years ago and he said something really interesting. He did, when he was getting his, his doctorate, 
in um, psychology, he wrote a paper on how the whole reason sports, the reason they're so successful is because they bring us back to that very primal experience of going to war and going to battle. Mm. Because if you look in the stands, people put on war paint, people are screaming, people are beating their chest. A lot of behaviors we did when we were basically Vikings in Viking lands with swords, like, you know, impaling each other. It's the closest we can get in a civilized society, quote unquote, to achieving this sort of primal barbarism that mm. made us what we were in our early human history in the ungabunga years yeah in the, yeah in the ungabunga years so to speak <laughs> so chad here's one for you just because i've been watching your stream now for a long time and it's so fun but one of the things that has always intrigued me about it is the fact that you have made it a family friend not only that you made a family friendly stream but that it's really taken off the way that it has there there's just no question to it people come into the chat i i don't think i've seen really any major experience really any major instance where people have like violated that code like people even in chat people don't use language or mm -hmm. or really anything like that why did you decide to make a family friendly channel what led to that decision you know family friendly is always kind of like a weird term right because there is a lot of like innuendo yeah a lot of like stuff that's not inappropriate but like just stuff that like a lot of innuendo and so, like, I try and think of it more like sponsor friendly, more than like mm. family friendly. But although I know there are a whole bunch of people who like watch with their family, it was it was a decision that I made at the beginning where I know that you look at Jim Gaffigan, right? Right. He's a comedian who's clean, right? Or the, a clean comedian, whatever term they use. Mm -hmm. That's infinitely harder than just not having anything that's off limits, you know? Right. And so, like, I kind of saw it as, like, something that's different. N number one, there's not very many places you can go where you can find that. Two, the easy thing to do is very rarely the best thing to do. So, like, I kind of leaned into, you know, Gaffigan does it for a lot of religious reasons and his family. And because mm -hmm. I got a potty mouth in real life. Right. Uh, and I just saw it as, I'm not going to lose anybody because I don't swear. But I could be closing off a, a part of my potential community by swearing. And I think it's just, it's a place where the reason that people are so comfortable making the stream a part of their daily routine is because they never have to be afraid that if their kids are at home or if they're listening to it at work, they, they don't have to like, oh God, I got to turn down. He's swearing. It's just, it's just something that you can feel comfortable listening to. Uh, aside from when you get scared. We've seen well, what you know, <laughs> it's just, listen, I know it I sounded like game. I dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. But what happened was there was like, I was really far away from the mic and there was a solar flare and it caused electrical disturbance. It's just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I have to say, I watched that, that clip of you getting scared in Warzone. I watched it on repeat, I think at least like 20 times because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Bro, I hate it. I hate scary games. I hate scary movies. I hate movies. it too. Like, I, I hate it too. I hate it too. And like, Anyone, I'm often please. bullied into playing scary games on stream because people. Oh, it's hilarious. Like <laughs> right. It, because like you get to watch somebody like have genuine terror and like yeah. actually be scared and like that's funny. I don't. I can't discount the fact that that's hilarious. I just I just hate <laughs> I just being hate the one doing it. doing it. Yeah. Thank well, you, Chad. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's. I got to make a concession. I, I'm actually thinking of making a montage of all my screams on stream because like there's there's enough of them now that I could do it. I love that idea of it though because you're right. Jim Gaffigan is clean and I think that he's really funny and it's just the idea of you actually have more to gain by not engaging in that. I just just love that idea of it katie for you i want to shift and this is i think an experience that we both have when you were forced to engage with people that sucked with like those toxic people that were just saying whatever the hell they wanted how did you respond to that 
At first, I would probably shut off my game and cry because I was really bad. And then in the middle part there, I got pretty good and and I was the one winning. Mm. So then I sort of, and it sucks to admit this, but I think I perpetuated toxic masculinity in that I would just message people. If people were being rude to me, I would just be like, oh, yeah. you know, sit down, oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would oh, yeah. And say some nasty things back because that felt like the only way I could keep playing my game. Mm. Like you had um, to reclaim it. And then I, you know, as I got older, I started to realize that I'm just making it worse for these 16-year-old kids and I'm making them hate women more because mm. I want... And then I'm coming back at them and saying even nastier, right? Escalating things to them, right. you know. Do I want to be a part of that? No. So eventually, like what I ended up doing, what you and I do now, is we get on a private chat, right? That was we how just, we fought back. Yeah, we just talk to ourselves. Yeah, so. it, like yeah. it's safer that way because it's like why, why, you know, t run the risk of going into a lobby where there are a bunch of people that are just going to tell you to go back to the kitchen or are going to say potentially even worse things when you could just be in the safety of people that you know aren't going to treat you like like shit. I actually want to yeah. agree to your point. One of the things I'm most guilty about as a gamer is that I used the bad F word very frequently. Enough so that there was an instance three or four years ago, I was out in San Pedro Square in San Jose with some folks. And I actually just blurted the word out because I was mad at, we were playing 10 fingers and somebody said something and I was just, it, it startled me. And I was like, oh, you blah. Like, and I started yeah. to say it, but I stopped myself. Because one of the people who was sitting with us is is gay, and he knew immediately. Oh, that f word. Yeah, that f word. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He knew immediately, and like he sort of looked at me, and I just looked at him, and I was just like, I am so sorry. But even though I knew, like, how do you say sorry for for having blurted that out? He was extremely. He was understanding. He was like, I know you stopped yourself. I appreciate that you understand that that's wrong. And I had made a, a mental note to myself, like I never want to do that again because a that's embarrassing. And B, mm -hmm. it tells you a lot about me as a person, because to me, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, what is the worst thing that I can say to a person to either degrade them or make them feel terrible about themselves in whatever yeah. capacity? And the answer to that was use a slur about your sexual orientation. To me, yeah. and to a lot mm -hmm. of people, that is the most offensive thing you can say to someone is basically say you're gay. And that is horrible when you really come down to the root of it. And I don't think anyone's ever consciously thinking that, but that's really what it's about because you're trying to hurt the other person. So you're effectively trying to say you being gay is a horrible thing. And I'm going to mock you and say that you're that because you suck at a game. I've never used it since. It just took that one instance to completely eliminate it from my vocabulary. But it's just a, a, a textbook example of, of how easy it is to forget that there are people on the other side of it. Yeah. I would have to say the same. I don't think I've used that F-bomb since maybe I'm going to go back to modern warfare days in college. Yeah. But you go through life and you figure out, oh, that's, uh oh, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. That doesn't vibe with me. That doesn't vibe with the people that I'm friends with or that orientation. That's not cool. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've ever used that word since. Oh, man, that's a long, that's many years ago. I don't want to tell my age. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that it's always going to be like that? That they're always, the young people are going to be super aggressive and super homophobic or racist or sexist in games until they grow up 
No, I mean, I think it's, you play with adults and they say the same thing, right? That's one of the things that's hard about playing with my community sometimes or doing random mm -hmm. lobbies is that I can't trust what the other people are going to say. It's like the Westworld syndrome, right? Oh. In Westworld, when there's no penalty of anything, you can be a wild animal. You will do things that like you wouldn't actually do. Yeah. You'll like do a the video taboo. Game lobby yeah. or being online offers that same type of protection where people are saying those things because they know that they're, they're horrible and they're yeah. horrifying. Yeah. And 99% of those people would never say that in real life to a person in the same way that they're saying it online. It goes beyond just being a keyboard warrior. It's, yeah. it's really mm -hmm. just this is I can be a savage here because there's no penalty there's for no, it. There's yeah. no consequences. Yeah, that. There's but, no judgment yeah. here. We don't have a government within gaming that's overseeing everything you do. That's such a good point. It's like, oh, here, complete free speech. I can say whatever the heck I want to you yeah. because I'm going to get away with it. It's not really I'm going to get away with it. It's just it's, it's you know. that you can't do anything yeah. about it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's that that leads into the next point. So thank you, Katie. What are you doing to try to combat this? Are you doing anything that actively to try to combat toxic behavior? If I'm going to be honest here, I'm probably not because I'm mm -hmm. avoiding it. But I suppose I could meet some of those nasty grams with niceness. I mean, I don't know how much, how nice you can be when somebody tells you they just handed you your head and they crapped on your neck. But like, right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how, thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> you Kill them with kindness, they say. <laughs> well, I mean, I there's, there's the old saying, misery loves company. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. people do that because they want that same negative reaction out of you. If you don't give it to them, they're going to lose interest. End of the day, they're not going to be interested in someone who either A, doesn't respond, or B, responds with kindness. Because, like, they'll just be over it and they'll move on. Some of the coolest moments in my streaming career have come from the way that we as a community have decided to deal with toxicity. Yeah. The Smiley Gang, which is a group of really, really, really good players mm -hmm. that we ran into on a night that we were kind of playingly being toxic and using weapons in Warzone that were, like, toxic. And they totally obliterated us. So much so that they saw that my name, FB.GG, and came into my chat and tried to be toxic. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I didn't allow it. It's just that I didn't reciprocate that energy. Mm -hmm. And I tried to, like, talk to them. And I told them, yeah, bro, you guys absolutely clapped our booty cheeks. It was not even close. And then all of a sudden, I had intrigued them. And I was making them laugh. Now it's like some of these guys still show up to the stream every day. Mm -hmm. I, like, talk to some of these guys on Snapchat. And they're legit. There's a handful of them that if they wanted to, they could compete in Warzone tournaments and make money. Yeah. They're really, really good. We just had a troll the other day who came in mm -hmm. and was being super toxic, telling me I suck and all this other stuff. And instead of banning him or yelling at him or whatever, just started talking to him. And like Jeez. slowly, it was like a 30 or 40 minute thing. I'm going to make a video out of it because it was so beautiful. It started with him being an absolute butthole mm -hmm. and ended with him sending stars and trying to save his ego and say like, oh yeah, I was just kidding. You know, yeah, yeah. some people get so riled up and then, you know, and now he's been, he's been in the stream every day since then. Like, you don't know why somebody's being toxic because of them, not because of you. Somebody's saying something mean because of them and stuff they have going on in their life, not because of you. You're just right. like a voice or, or a name or an avatar. Yeah. There's nothing that you could have done to elicit that response. It's coming from them. That's freaking awesome that you're able to take it and turn it into something positive. Mm -hmm. But also what Katie mentioned, it's not like that isn't valid. Sometimes I think the best way to protect yourself is just, just not engage. And some people yeah. like that's that's a way to do it. If the better option for us as women is, you know what? It's better that let's just mute ourselves or not put ourselves in the position where we feel unsafe or uncomfortable, then that's what we have to do. Speaking of toxicity, Katie, I would like you to tell everyone about the most toxic thing you did to me. 
Oh my god, aren't we over? No, <laughs> like no. I'm anyway. No, it's been ten years. I want it. I want to know. <laughs> I feel like we're over time. <laughs> no, you need to do it. You need to say it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming, hot tub time machine. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, you know, I I love rockets. Everybody's got to know that in Halo. I love the rockets. Rocket fan, got it. Rockets up in 10. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it. And Claire knows not to ever go for it. But often when I have the rockets, I'm not great with them. I just like to have them. (laughs) And and I think Claire was working on like a yoink achievement. I was. In in multiplayer. And I think she was really, really close. And she was assassinating somebody. No, you weren't on a yoink achievement. You were on an assassination. assassination achievement. Yeah, I was trying to get a commendation. Yeah, so Claire was assassinating somebody, and I I rocketed her <laughs> in the face mid mid assassination, like you know the yes. big the big yes. animation. So she got a betrayal and she got a yoink. So she basically canceled herself out <laughs> on losing that point. But it's so hard to get assassinations in that game. And I was like, oh, I finally going to get the first one this month. And then I <laughs> I never forgave her for it. I never forgave her. I was so I was so heated after that, and I still think about it at least like twice a week. Like, well, and it became, then it became a running joke, and now I do it to you all the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like there's some things therapy can't fix, and this is one of them. Um, <laughs> then I think you should tell Katie about how you destroyed my self-esteem oh. <laughs> when we were playing Pico Park oh, with Mango, else under and the we were, bus. We were yeah. playing Tetris, and oh, I just yeah. wanted to I, like, I completely, cry. Like, I have, I have no excuse. I completely forgot how to play te- Tetris, and I was on stream, and I didn't know what to, what to say to people. That, uh, like, you can't just say, I forgot how to play Tetris. Not in 2021. How do you say that? Like, I just don't play Tetris. And so I was just like, <laughs> oh, I just can't make it. Oh, it's so fast. Oh, I, don't, and I just didn't know what I was doing. Like, I have no answer. I have no excuse for I, it. I literally thought Clara was trolling me for like 15, 20 minutes. No, just I like had no idea what I was doing. Dying. I'm like, why are you doing this? No clue. I've never been so actively embarrassed. I'll do two last <laughs> questions. Chad, you have two daughters. Do they enjoy playing with you or do you play with them? If you do, what games do you play? in Roblox, bro. Roblox, yeah. <laughs> yes. My wife and I are both of the belief we try and avoid that knee-jerk reaction to oh that's enough screen time or you know mm, the yeah. Roger Brain, like the, the way that we were parented because i think us sitting here having this conversation now and talking about all the things that have happened over our lives proves that it didn't rot our brain and some of the experiences that we had in our more formative years have shaped who we are as a person so i think that the chances that there's less technology in the future are pretty slim so it's not that like I encourage my kids to be on screen time, but we do encourage them to explore and they're good on YouTube and they've got their phones and they're really both good at Roblox. I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old who they know all the different servers and they can do all these different things. And like, I, for one, really can't stand that game very much, but that's one of their favorite things to do is as a family, we'll go play Roblox, like all of us in there. So it's, it's, well, just... and it's like, it's like learning, right? Right. So well, yeah, kind of. But like, yeah, there is, there is, it's like, it's still a video game. It's like Roblox is just like an engine. And then people have all these different servers that have different rules and escape things that you got to do. And obviously there was a squid game. There's like a million different squid game servers. And yeah, we're trying to explain red light, green light and the consequences to a four-year-old. So <laughs> no, don't move. Yeah. Like literally don't move. Uh, that's. I actually love that mentality because I think this there's an argument to be made either either direction in terms of screen time. But I think this idea of we are having this conversation because it's proof it didn't rot our brains. You can be constructive and mindful in the way that you use social media, video games, any really any sort of media and, and use it in a healthy way. 
So the fact that you're doing that, I think, says a lot. And hopefully they will be some of the first kids that grow up maybe not toxic or maybe just like their dad's level of toxic, which is right. not super <laughs> duper toxic. Um, it's like toxic in the way that toxic's meant to be, which is fun. Yeah, fun toxic. Yeah, you're you're definitely very fun toxic. I expect you to teach them how to teabag. That's got to be your requirement. Oh, right? Like, I think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's okay. toxic. Yeah, I don't think that's toxic either. That's just having fun. Yeah. There's a very clear line, and I don't think teabagging's that line. Katie, I'll shift to you. <laughs> What changes do we need to see in online communities to decrease the amount of toxicity in those communities? Whoa, can we ask me what video games I play with my dogs? I mean, I, I don't <laughs> think, I, like, first of all, you don't have crossing. Yeah. I think as far as, like, corporations go, Xbox and probably PlayStation has done it, too. I don't know. I haven't played since No Man's Sky. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Thank you. I feel like corporations have made the steps that they need to do as far as like reporting somebody who's toxic. Mm -hmm. At this point, it relies heavily relies on the gamers Mm -hmm. to change that. So I think conversations like this, like doing a stream like this Mm -hmm. is important. Talking about it and how it makes people feel. I think that that's the most important thing you can do and also not engaging in it. Yeah. Like vocalize. Look at Nintendo for a good example. They don't even have voice chat. That's that is very true. That is I honestly secretly think they don't allow online comms is because Nintendo is known to be that family friendly video game console. That's true. Well, and then you play like Animal Crossing and stuff, Uh you know, which is the most generous, happy, yeah, so (laughs) community of gamers. So, Yeah. yeah, I get it. You just can't engage in it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chad? What are your thoughts on it? I think we need to continue to have good examples for people to look up to. You know, I think that somebody like uh, Nick Merckx, while he does at times have some toxic things that he does, there's just like not enough people that, you know, like the gaming community looks up to that aren't necessarily toxic. And I think we need to do a better job of growing up a little bit and not really relying on the, you know, the video game companies and the rules and, and all these other things to police it for us because all that does is it's just like going to create this whole thing of the line's just going to keep moving, right? It's like the taunting rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're leaving it up to somebody else to, to decide whether or not something's toxic, you're leaving it up to somebody's feelings. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You do have to be mindful of that stuff, but you also have to understand that the line will just keep moving forever in perpetuity until the, the fun is sucked out of everything. I don't know that there's a right answer to that question because there it is a pretty difficult thing yeah. to figure out. But I think we're on the right path because we're having a lot of the conversations about how to fix it. And you're starting to see people who are toxic or have, who have made a name for themselves being toxic kind of getting their just desserts. Yeah, you're right. That is very true. Thank you, Chad and Katie, so much for being here for this. This was a lot of fun. If you don't follow Chad, you should go over to Facebook, look up Chadwick Live. Go give him a follow. Go hang out with the superstars. It's wholesome. It's wonderful. Chad is only mildly toxic. He plays a lot of competitive <laughs> games. He sometimes chokes in the in the end game. <sighs> it's fun. Katie, thank you to you. You're a poet. You're wonderful. You have lots of feelings. You upset me with Halo a lot of the times. But you should also go check out White Stag. That's the <clears throat> lit mag that she is one of the editors for. It's a lot of good shit. I've been published in there as well. I can assure you that only the best writers and poets and creative thinkers appear there. Thank you both. Deeply appreciative. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you guys. For the rest of y'all and to the TA, to you, 
another lively mm-hmm. discussion. Riveting. I'm very, I'm very proud of us for having actually pulled off a podcast relatively close to the last time. <laughs> so <laughs> let's shut up. Yeah. So I mean, it's probably the best one ever, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is hands down the best one we've ever done. I'm actually I think excited every to make next episode is always the best ever. Oh yeah. You know? Well, yeah. We just continually improve. We just ourselves. get better. That's that's how that's how it works, right? Like that's that's how this magic works. Uh, yeah, we'll have your year end wrap up coming to you soon, and get excited. We'll also make sure that we get this recording out soon for people that want to just listen to us on Spotify and listen to Chadwick's really sultry voice in another setting. Hey. hey.